0: lessons be upon this podcast wow threatening what have you been up to then i've managed to finish today that chapter that i was stuck on and that felt like pushing a lake up a hill good uh, the opening chapter of the book and i feel so much better now that it's done and the, I, like i halfway through the chapter i was just staring at it blankly like i don't think i know how to write anymore this is bad i can't write oh, no <laughs> Forgetting, you know, it's the first draft. It, yeah, it's bad. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> completely
0: freaked myself out about it. Um, so I finished that with uh, time to spare today, which I wasn't expecting to have, oh. and immediately dove into let's watch Them Buffy because the Buffy chapter is the next chapter. Excellent, excellent. Um, and then events converged in such a way that I might go to New York in spring.
1: Oh, how? how did, yeah. Um, okay, so you know, <laughs>
0: uh, the Buffering podcast. I do. Uh, that I'm obsessed with. Um. Mm. They do, like, a prom every year, like a Buffy-themed prom. Okay. And I've always wanted to go, but, like, I can't justify the expense of going to America just to go to, like, this one Buffy-themed event. Uh, I really wanted to go last year. I think it was last year because they did it, like, at the high school where Buffy was filmed. Yeah. But, yeah, like, literally as I started watching an episode of Buffy, the announcement came out for that tickets were on sale for uh, next year's prom. And I looked at it and I was like, I mean, it's, it's before my book is due. It's in April, so it's not like super close to the deadline with a bunch of other stuff going on. And like, if I'm ever gonna go, like, this would be a really good time to go because I can write about it. I can put it in the mm. book. It would actually mm. make for a really nice epilogue. Mm. So I booked my tickets to the prom. I haven't booked my flight, so I've still got some room. I had a look at the cost of flights first, and they're actually not too bad to New York. It's like 300 quid, which is.
1: Oh,
0: that's all right. Yeah. yeah like, for a flight that's. Um, because it's over like a, they've got like other events on over the, it's like a three day thing over a weekend. So that mm. means I could like fly in on a Thursday and fly out back on a Monday or Tuesday, which are cheaper days to fly on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah. And I was, you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, I can like, interview people a little bit while I'm there mm. and I can get photos. So I'm not having to pay mm. as much for photos for the book. Yeah. I could go have a little touristy day in New York and get photos that would work with like the Gossip Girl chapter. Because yeah, definitely. Because that was all film. Like, like
1: the steps and the...
0: Yeah, yeah. And this whole thing's in Brooklyn, so I'd be staying in Brooklyn rather than in like in New York, which would be which is gonna work out cheaper. I haven't looked at costs for that yet.
1: I don't know the difference, but it's like a Brooklyn's a little way out of Manhattan, is it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nice.
0: I think cool. slightly scary because, you know, going to a city all by myself. You've done it um, before. No, but I've normally been with someone. Like when I went to Portland, I was staying with my cousin, and when I went to Vegas I went with a friend.
1: Well, New York is full of people being slightly scared about being in a big city on their own. Yes, There's and movies, movies about it. Yeah,
0: no, I'm hoping an You'll entire rom-com though. happens to me in the four days <laughs> I'll potentially be there. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm in a really good mood. I'm excited. Excellent. And we're talking about good. a really good book.
1: What a day! Ah, we are. It's a good book. It's a it's a good day. My notes are only nine pages long. Jesus Christ, Joe!
0: The page of that is the summary. <laughs> you do all
1: your notes in bullet points, actually, don't you? All right, I'll that.
0: I Yeah, no, I, I have uh, very specific bullet point systems, which is a way I end up redoing your bullet points if you've put them in the plan first, because I'm a screaming control freak.
1: I never even noticed, so that's fine.
0: Uh, it's also because otherwise the uh, research for the book stuff would become unreadable very quickly. Oh, yeah. As it is, there's horrifying mixes of bold things and italicized things and nonsensical color coding. I, I oh. never want anyone to look at my, how I do my research.
1: Yeah, that's right, because I have all my research and lots of different files and my Zettler thingy.
0: Yeah, I know. Mine's uh, like yeah. <laughs> all in one Google Doc, so that I can have it on half yeah. my screen while my writing's in the other half of the screen. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay. Okay. So it all makes sense now. Quite often 18 tabs open by the time I've managed to write a thousand words.
1: Oh, 18. is fine.
0: I do, however, have like 60 unread emails in my personal email inbox right
1: now. I'm not going to comment on how many I've got. If I ever want to give you a heart attack, I'll
0: send you a screenshot. No, please don't, Francine. I can't with the little red numbers. No, no.
1: But on the other hand, you terrified me with your habit of getting notifications for everything on your phone. And I know it's good for the podcast or whatever, but um, yeah. So that Twitter stuff comes up, and I think Instagram and your emails come up as a push notification uh not all of my emails but i have it
0: set i think the true show make you fret emails come through as a push notification because obviously there's not as many of those as all my like your shit has been dispatched emails on my Mm. inbox and it's nice if i want to keep an eye on stuff twitter the push notifications go on and off because like i like keeping an eye on podcast stuff yeah um but like, if we have like something that's very popular, then I will turn off the, like when we we did the headcanon thread the other day and yeah. it was like, oh, if bing, I don't bing, turn bing, these bing. off, it's going to ping every time if someone goes through <laughs> and likes every tweet in the thread. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, that's off at the moment. But I like having it on for keeping an eye on new followers so I can block them mm-hmm. if they're TERFs because we do get those every now and then.
1: Yeah, weird. Um, I, I wonder if anybody's written an article on what I'm probably very unoriginally going to call notification inflation which is apps that don't have a lot to tell you feel like they need to give you 10 notifications when you log in and so we'll make up any old shit um oh yeah facebook linkedin facebook linkedin is the worst at the moment i think facebook is quite calm for me because i'm very aggressive about saying none of these thank you none of these thank you
0: yeah my facebook needs an overhaul like probably a delete and start again Mm. thing uh linkedin i get around by just not having yeah
1: but not I am a problem aware that for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> other people do need it. I just yeah. happen to have not yeah. f- don't need it particularly in my life. It probably would still be useful to have a presence on there, but um Oh mate. <sighs> don't if you don't have to. No. So wanky. No. I, I see I, I, don't I feel I feel wanna.
1: weird about saying that out loud now, even though if anybody listens to our podcast, I've got worse professionalism problems than slagging off LinkedIn. Uh I was reminded the other day that LinkedIn does that weird um shows you who's seen your profile. Oh thing. yeah. Um, and somebody who i knew uh when i was 17 had looked at my profile and like we hadn't talked for a very long time for quite a good reason yeah so i was like hmm, well i'm not going to click on your profile back and i texted uh becky to look at it for me <laughs> like stalk this person for me i don't want to give them <laughs> satisfaction just go. I actually quite quite modern day witch petty i'm gonna say that to make myself feel better yeah, this is witch pettiness, not just us occasionally being immature about things. Yeah, exactly. This is just one step along the the, the very cracked cobblestone path to becoming Nanny Og and Granny Weatherwax.
0: I, I, I have dibs on being the one that becomes Granny Og,
1: Nanny Og. Oh, yeah, no, I figured we were kind of like a combination anyway. Yeah, I feel like we've both got a good mix of each. Neither of yeah. us are going to end up with an army of daughters-in-law, but... No, we do need some... We probably need a third member of the coven for charisma. <laughs> I think I have enough. Not that, charisma- not that you're not charismatic, <laughs> but the, like this person you. talks to people all the time, and uh, you need yeah. to, you need a set charismatic person. Yeah. for when we've got to get on with shit.
0: I was say I have the enough charisma high. to like <laughs> acquire some minions <laughs> uh, if we want to have those instead of daughters-in-law. Mm. I feel like that's probably leaning into like bad witching, though. Yeah, maybe we could just start calling the listeners minions. Do you think they'd mind? Oh, I wouldn't. No, I don't like that. It, oh, really, okay. it
1: reminds me too much of the Facebook memes, bring it full circle. On. Oh, wait, yeah, no, let's not do that. Mm, mm. Uh, did, we not... Ha- did, did we ever come up with a collective noun for the old listeners? Uh, listeners, remind us. <laughs> good God, don't you have better things to do with your time. Answers on a very old post-it note. <laughs> <laughs> fretters. Oh, yeah, fretters. Oh, no. no, that's horrible. Let's no, not no, do no. that. I started uh, having a look at uh, Wake Up Geeple sticker design yeah. earlier.
0: Were you procrastinating?
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely I was. Yeah, it was during lunchtime when I was meant to be doing a bit of research for this. I was like, it's podcast related. It's fine.
0: Yeah, listeners who've been talking about wanting merch in our Discord, like the only way you're going to get it is if
1: Francine procrastinates hard mm. enough. Yeah, basically you've just got to hope I'm really busy. Yeah. <laughs> just Fingers it's crossed. The only way I get anything done <laughs> is if I don't have time to
0: do it. That I think that's why I've been struggling to like not writer's blocky but kind yeah. of writer's blocky like really struggling yeah. with the book because i don't have enough other shit going on mm. now we're like into december and all my decorations around the table and ready to be put up and i've got boxes of presents that need wrapping i think yeah. that's really pushed me to work on the book
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah i joke about like and it is partly true about procrastination making me d stuff but there is, there is a truth to if you need something done, ask a busy person to do it. Because oh, yeah. once you're in that mindset, that's good. And I'm not, I'm no shade to not being busy because I much prefer that. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I do much better creative uh, work when I'm not busy and have some time to stretch out, as it were. But,
0: um, I oh, see it, my version of write drunk, edit sober was do my creative writing snatched in 15 minutes when I had like lunch breaks at yeah. work. That was the right drunk and then the edit sober was, oh God, I finally got a day off. I've got to, what the fuck is this? Especially because I wasn't bringing my laptop to work. That was handwritten. Yeah, it
1: was poetry in a notebook, right?
0: And plays. I wrote entire plays plays, uh, on a freezing cold fire escape. Often while working full time and like being in rehearsals for a play at the same time.
1: Mm. Writing plays on a freezing cold fire escape is a nice sentence. You should use that in a play. (laughs) or a poem or a a summary of an episode which is what I was meant (laughs) yeah do you want to make a podcast yeah let's make a podcast oh fuck we're procrastinating (laughs) (laughs) hold on I've just got to make a sticker real quick (laughs) do you want to procrastinate a podcast (laughs) yeah okay let's do that
0: Hello and welcome to The Tree Shall Make You Fret, a podcast in which we are reading and recapping every book from Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, One a time in Chronological Order. I'm Joanna Hagen. And I'm Francine Carroll. And this is part two of our discussion of Wintersmith. Yeah! Winter's smithing away. This uh, section covers chapters five through eight, inclusive i'm really excited yeah. to dive into this today before we dive <laughs> in uh note on spoilers mm. uh we are a spoiler like podcast obviously heavy spoilers for the book wintersmith however we will avoid spoiling any major future events in the discworld series and we're saving any and all discussion of the final discworld novel the shepherd's crown until we get there so you dear listener can come on the journey with us walking
1: terrifyingly into a grave no
0: wait fuck follow-up francine you've got some follow-up haven't you
1: First of all, we would like to thank our darling listeners on their dear little legs uh, for telling us all about their Morris dancing exploits. Uh, This is in the Discord, so as always, I will recommend our listeners pop across there to see the conversation. Uh, But I would just like to say thank you for the awesome pictures of Border Morris. Yeah. Very into that. We've got
0: Morris dancers. We've got everything.
1: Do Do you have a bit of...
0: Follow up. Uh yeah, we got a lovely couple of emails from Elizabeth. Hi Elizabeth. Just a quick bit from one of them. Just listening to your discussion about the cannibalistic nature of Horace the Cheese. Mm. Here I was reminded of Bob the sourdough starter, who eats rats, making his bread definitely not vegetarian. Bob is used as a weapon of war later on in the book. He's a character in A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Bakery by T. Kingfisher. She's one of those authors who I'm sure has a lot of Pratchett in her authorial DNA. And I've had Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking on my to-read like list, although I haven't oh, got yeah. a copy of it yet, for ages. A lot of people have recommended it to me, and that's cemented, that I definitely need to pick that one up next. Cool. That sounds good. Uh, what was your other bit?
1: Oh, yeah. So I was asking about uh, Miss Treason's Clockwork Heart. Um, and I didn't find an exact parallel, but I did think to look in Folklore of Discworld finally for Miss Treason stuff. And it went over some of the stuff we went over last week with uh, Perchta, I think her name was. Yeah. Um, and also noted about the external soul. And this sounds so familiar to me. I've definitely told you about this before, but I don't know if it was in a rabbit hole or in a completely different context. Uh, but uh, the book says, another notion which Miss Treason picked up from the Tales of Earth is that of the external soul A good example is the legendary Russian evil wizard, Kochai the Deathless, who placed his life or soul in an egg. The egg was inside a duck, and the duck was inside a hare, and the hare was lying in a great hollow log floating in a pond in a forest on an island far, far away from Kochai's palace. Amazing. Ah, it was islands. It was mythological islands.
0: Ah, there we go.
1: There we go. it. It was a rabbit hole. There we go. I'm sure I asked this question at the time. How did the duck get in the hare? Uh magic
0: okay right we'll leave that there (laughs) francine do you want to tell us what happened previously on
1: wintersmith certainly i do previously on wintersmith flash forward to ice and fire and dying lambs and terrible magic and and back to a blustery autumn and to tiffany's apprenticeship with miss treason the hag of the hills is nearly 13 and she's capable enough to work with someone a century her senior A witch who scares off most youngsters before you can say boffo, but not Tiffany. Oh no, Tiffany is brave and clever, and she can dance the dark Morris if she wants to. I like that. Shall I tell us what happened in this section? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sorry, I was like waiting. I was like more story, (laughs) (laughs) more story,
0: more of (laughs) this. In this section, in chapter five, the witches are arriving for Miss Treason's funeral and Granny and Mrs. Ewick are flying polite circles. The cottage is being discussed and Granny nominates Tiffany. After some fegal thievery and the ensuing chastisement, Whaley, the witches leave with leftovers and spoons. Nanny almost says thank you and Tiffany almost screams. T- Treason goes to bed and writes thank you notes and Tiffany cleans and writes helpful notes. Anna Grammar is to inherit the cottage, but Treason gives Tiffany books and advice. In the morning, Tiffany's name is written in the frost and Treason takes a sandwich to go. As Treason walks to her grave, the village bothers her one last time. Finally, Treason dies and death comes to collect. Tiffany says the words, the gonagal plays, and then she, Tiffany cries and milks the goats because it must be done. In chapter six, it's also Tiffany's birthday. The Wintersmith thinks Tiffany is her and the feagles launch an assault. The Wintersmith grabs, Tiffany slaps and Granny interrupts. As Ewig and Anagramma arrive to shrive the cottage, Granny takes Tiffany to drop her horse in the river while the Wintersmith considers humanity. "'At Nanny's house, Tiffany sleeps and dreams and sails. "'The dream is too real and the third thoughts are tangible. "'There's a Tiffany iceberg and a wintry proposal "'and the fegals arrive but fail to avert disaster. "'The floorboards wake up with Tiffany. "'She's got a case of the fertile feet.' Nanny listens and Granny and Mystic arrive to explain avatars while the Fegals go in search of romantic advice. In Chapter 7 Tiffany's caught in the story and the Wintersmiths never met Summer. After a meep you and Grebo sort things out the Fegals make a deal with some travelling librarians while Tiffany goes around the houses with Nanny and she finds an enlightening book at bedtime There's snow on the chalk and Roland writes about a party. The Wintersmith learns what makes a man. Anagramma almost admits that she doesn't know enough and Tiffany offers to help. As Tiffany sits up with the dead and Anagrammer's snoring "'the Wintersmith promises icebergs. "'The next day, a baby comes and assumptions made. "'Nanny and Tiff have a talk, "'and Tiffany reads about a party. "'A stuck drawer manifests a "'who passes on some godly gossip. "'Finally, in Chapter 8, "'Tiffany pulls the coven together "'with the help of Petulia to assist Anna Gramma, "'and the Wintersmith agrees to snowflakes. "'Hogswatch passes. "'Snow falls, and so does something else. "'There's a cornucopia in the hole in the garden. "'After some linguistic experimentation, "'ham sandwiches abound, "'although sadly, minus mustard. "'In the night,' The chickens come. Work. Uh, helicopter and loincloth watch. I am dedicating this week to my favourite character of the book. Uh, so helicopter is Horace yeeting himself out of a tree. Sure. Uh, much in the way a hol- helicopter might aggressively land.
1: Yeah. No. I think that's how they. That's how they yeah. land.
0: And uh, the loincloth is the scrap of tartan wrapped around Horace when he gets adopted by the Feegles. Naturally. And after Lisa's going to keep him. And also, death is here just for things we uh, collect, which I quite like. Miss Treason suggests that Tiffany curtsy, and she thinks to death, Granny Anking wouldn't w- have liked that. no curtsy, yeah. do they? No. I uh, guess Miss ban. Treason
1: was brought up before that tradition came in. Yeah, a little bit old Maybe fashioned. it was Granny Weatherwax's. Quite possibly. The girl Weatherwax. The girl Weatherwax. Now, I noted that she didn't call Miss Tick the girl Tick. No, um, and I feel like it's very much judged just to piss off Granny Weatherwax. <laughs> I feel like
0: it's a good-natured pissing off though. Oh, like yeah. I feel like Granny expe- accepts it. Oh
1: yeah, you'd have
0: to. I like also uh, Granny ra- There's a thing I think it's in *Witches Abroad*. Uh, Granny sort of ran around and asked lots of witches to take her on, and witches wouldn't, and mm. she had to wait outside someone's house for a very long time. I wonder if Miss Treason is one of the ones who originally said no. Ooh, maybe There's
1: a so. Little,
0: yeah. Wild speculation there. Quotes. Hmm. Uh, would you like to go first? Cause yours sure. is First. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany remembered the words he had said over the grave of Granny Aking, what seemed like a lifetime ago. On the summer turf of the Downlands, with the buzzards screaming in the sky, they had seemed to be all there was to say. So she said them now. If any ground is consecrated, this ground is. If any day is holy, it is this day.
0: I love that moment.
1: And yours, my love?
0: Uh, first, a quick couple of honourable mentions. Unk! Tiffany's almost my screen. And mm. work from the chickens. Uh, no, Going quote... in the,
1: the quote book with um. Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love the um. Uh, my actual quote. According to Chaffinch, the god Blind Io created the cornucopia from a horn of the magical goat Almeg to feed his two children by the goddess Bosonomy, who was later turned into a shower of oysters by Apidity, god of things shaped like potatoes, after insulting Resonata, goddess of weasels, by throwing a mole at her shadow. It's now the badge of office of the summer goddess. I always said there used to be far too much of that sort of thing in the old days," said Pennyweatherwax. <laughs> but of course,
1: truer words never spoken. Do you know uh, Chaffinches, by the way, is a, has a round world direct parallel?
0: There's a Chaffinches mythology thing, isn't there? Uh,
1: Bullfinches. Is Bullfinch. there we go. Yeah, Bullfinches mythology. Let's talk
0: characters then. Should we start with Tiffany?
1: Yes, let's start with Tiffany. What's going on here then? A lot. A lot mm-hmm. is
0: going on. Poor Tiffany. There's a really good... Line just right at the beginning of this section, like like on the opening page of chapter five, Tiffany's stressing about what to do, but the funeral's coming. Like any oyster dealing with a piece of grit, Tiffany coated it with people and hard work. Oh
1: yeah, it's beautiful, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Throughout this whole bit, I mean, there's some great stuff with processing her issues with the Wintersmith and more teen girl stuff. There's a really good moment after the ferns, and this is one of those quotes that's just stuck with me as a really good line. He'd come back, and that was dreadful, but also just a little bit cool. She didn't think the word, because as far as Tiffany knew, it meant slightly cold. But she thought the thought, even so, it was a hot little thought. I love that a hot little thought. That's such Mm -hmm. a good way to describe that feeling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then it grows very quickly into fear. Yeah, Because when, well, first of all, when he turns up and tries to grab her, you know, it's really quite a lot all at once. And she slaps him. And she does, yeah, her immediate response is to stand up
0: to him. And then you have the the huge fear, you have the, the literally the giant iceberg mm. and realising, you know, it's not just, oh God, he's made stuff for me, he's made stuff for me and mm. he doesn't care that it
1: might hurt the world. Yes, and then he was like, be my bride. And she's like, oh. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Which I like during the be my bride thing, she's
0: like, I mean, obviously my mother got married at 14, but that was back in the olden days. Mm. And her mother's
1: been very clear that, you're not going to get married at 14 Tiffany' <laughs> you've yeah. other things to do and that's interesting is it I know Tiffany Tiffany's the ooh, the youngest yeah I think she's the, oh, well, not the youngest from yeah 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 she's the youngest of the sisters mm. but it, it does make you think like her mom's not much older really no in the grand scheme of things
0: the, the olden days is probably you know when her mom got married at 14 was probably 20 years ago but that nice. is the olden days when you're 13.
1: I know yeah. Tiffany's handling of mysteries and stuff. Oh, big coming I, I, of age moment, I guess.
0: Yeah, and and the handling of the uh the cottage thing as well. Mm. This is great when Anagrama sort of comes up to Tiffany at the cottage and, "What have you heard?" And it should be me. It wouldn't be fair if it was you over me. Mm. I'm older and more experienced. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany sort of thinks to herself, "Okay, but." I took the hiver through the dark door. The white horse came out of the hill for me. I got my brother and Roland back from the mm. Queen of Fairies. And I danced with the Wintersmith, who turned me into 10 billion snowflakes. No, I don't want this cottage. don't want to be Bye. a slave to people who can't be bothered to think for themselves. There's no name for what I want to be, but I was old enough to do those things and I was acceptable. Yes, And yes, she gets frustrated. She goes outside and it, it, she's annoyed at the Feegles, but she's not really annoyed at the Feegles. It's uh, Mystic and Granny Weatherwax and Anagrammer and... Miss Treason for dying, yeah, and the Wintersmith for a lot of reasons she hadn't had time to sort out yet. That's it,
1: and you know, anagram is coming up and having a go at her when when she's trying to deal with Miss Treason's very imminent scheduled death. Yeah, and it's I, it, she deals with it very well, I think. And uh, the the bit I was thinking of really was uh, the burial. Oh, as well. yeah. And you
0: try not to think you're walking into the grave and and, mm. and accepting just in time that she needs to step back and let the villagers bother Miss Treason one more time. That's what Miss Treason wants.
1: Yeah. And even then making the the little misstep when she says about the happy endings that Miss Treason's just not interested in. Yeah.
0: And that's it's something she has to process when she's throwing the horse away and she's just you know, minutes ago had that conversation with Mysteries which says, no, we make happy endings for other people, not ourselves. And she's throwing mm. the horse away. And she's like, is this the person I'm going to have to be? The person who is all edges, who doesn't keep things, who doesn't ever have something for themselves.
1: So, That's no, a hell of a thing to come to terms with at 13. Not just some... at 13, just yeah. 13. That day, it is her birthday. She's being made to throw away the one trinket she has yeah. by somebody who's really not being very sympathetic about it.
0: No, very I much think not Nanny Og
1: might have been better suited for that particular task.
0: Some of the Nanny Og and Tiffany moments are really oh, yeah. great. When Nanny's sort of explaining that, okay, but you can wrap this guy around your little finger, you know.
1: I think, yeah, I think Granny knew that Tiffany was in need of nanny at this yeah. point. Like, I, I, but both of, the, I know we'll come to them a bit more later, but both of yeah. them seem to know where their weaknesses are in this, and like where their other, where where their counterparts' strengths are. So Nanny's like don't judge Esme's like intention so quickly. And what well, the is like, I'm going to drop you off with somebody who knows how to Deal speak like a human person yeah. for a bit. Okay. <laughs> she's got lovely slippers. It'll be fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nanny gets a great line when she's explaining to Tiffany, you know, wrapping men around your little finger mm. and Tiffany gets pen and paper and she says, it's written down in you somewhere, but I, on a page you haven't read yet, I reckon. Now, what do you think about that whole bit? I I like it. I I like what it's doing. I like this idea. It's not that they're not taking the actual threat of the Wintersmith seriously, but they all understand like, right, if you want him to stop making giant icebergs, you can't go and defeat him with a massive sword. You've got to play the game within the story you're in. And that means taking charge. Yeah. That means stepping into the role that you put yourself in when you went into the dance.
1: That's true. It brought me up slightly the wrong way because. It, uh, you are kind of expected to know the way to handle inappropriate men as a girl and when you yeah. don't you do get criticized um uh, it, it rubbed me up the wrong way not because i think fact it was wrong for writing it but because it's very familiar
0: no i totally get what you mean and it is a very familiar feeling mm. i think it would rub me up the wrong way more if it wasn't for how the wintersmith is put together this very mm. not like uh, oh, he can't help it. He's a victim of his second the, the horrible excuses people make for men. But like, mm. he's not he's not a man, and
1: he's having to, he's learning this very quickly. Yeah, he's a fact of life, and you have to do this. <laughs> yeah. and I suppose Nanny Og is framing it like that because that's how she knows it. Yeah,
0: and uh, I, I I would quite happily take romantic advice from Nanny Og any day. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Low cut bodice that'll stop him looking at his stupid feet. <laughs> 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 and then Tiffany bursting out laughter, and she's passed some kind of test for that.
0: Yeah, and just and a really good
1: way to ease tension. Mm. Yes, that's Nanny's absolute forte. But yeah, I, I it's interesting to see Tiffany re- interact with three different very powerful witches just in this section, actually. Yeah, and receive wisdom from each, and how she receives it from each. Actually, definitely considering she probably is least similar to Nanny, she receives the wisdom best, or maybe because of actually because of that. Yeah. She yeah she takes advice without resistance from Nanny,
0: whereas Granny I think there's this sense of almost like trying to think around each other so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a really great moment, a couple of in in the throwing the horse away bit. Uh, a that she wasn't crying, which is not the same as not crying, mm-hmm. um, which hits. Mm-hmm. But when she's throwing away the horse, no thing had any power you didn't put there, shambles and skulls skulls and wands were like shovels and knives and spectacles they were like levers and with a lever you could lift a big rock but the lever didn't do anything work which is mm. a really nice not- we had that seesaw imagery last week and it's that similar thing it's it's finding the place in the pivot point it's the pivot point that makes the lever powerful
1: yeah and you know Mr. treason had that with the clock and i think didn't acknowledge it very much so no. just because that's the case it wouldn't make it hurt any less to do you know especially when you you know 30. imagine imagine being that age and just trying to come to terms with the idea you never get anything frivolous for yourself no it's i,
0: I mean it would be
1: hard to come to terms with any age mm. but at 13 when you're just mm. learning when
0: you're 13 and you're just figuring out who you are and the things you yeah. build up around you are so much a part of that mm. that just and it's um i'm sorry i'm gonna have to, uh, bringing up buffy but there's a really great bit like end of season two of buffy where she's in this fight and. This, Person she's fighting and says, you know, no friends, no allies, strip all of that away. What have you got? And goes to hit her with a sword, and she grabs the sword and goes, Me. Me. Hey. And it's, it's, I think of it because it's a very similar, like, coming of age type story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that learning to have everything stripped away from yourself and find that, like, core.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it- it's very poignant for Tiffany as well because a, a huge part of her story has been her acknowledgement from a really young age that she's not going to be the princess with the frivolous things. She's going to be the person who helps the old woman in the woods. Yeah, she's going to be the person who gets things done. Mm. And, and she, seems- she will. And she just carries on with it. And she's, yeah, she's allowed to be upset and a bit pouty about it. And I think yeah. Nanny, Nanny understands that a lot better than <laughs> Um
0: You're also talking about Nanny who is sat there with... A fair few trinkets. Yeah, absolutely. She yeah, was surrounded uh, I mean.
1: <laughs> herself with frivolity and trinkets and nonsense. It's true, but I think she would not find it a strain to be... And in fact, we've seen she doesn't find it a strain to be exactly that person in a Without bedroom. any of that around her, yeah. In a, in a bed in Ubermold with her boots on it and a garlic <laughs> sausage. <laughs> God, I loved annie Og so
0: much. But actually, uh, oh, before we move on from Tiffany, actually one last thing. The dream...
1: Ooh, the yeah. horrible
0: giant iceberg dream. The jolly A, I like it as a callback to We Free Men with the Jolly Sailor there mm. and the fact that, you know, that's still how mentally she thinks of the sea, the painting yeah. and the jolly sailor, because that's Absolutely. still her only experience. Yep. She's still we need to get Tiffany a seaside holiday. We really do. But the uh, the way a good smoke in any weather becomes slowly really terrifying as you realise that mm. he's saying it in a panic tone of voice, but it's all he can say. It's very yeah. um a uh, good
1: smoke he swore
0: <laughs> it reminds me of stuff like the are you my mummy thing in doctor who oh yeah yeah it's uh it's uh, it's almost uncanny valley yeah it? very much uh so i thought that was a really good like horror moment mm. uh moving on to anagramma then yes let's, let's talk about anagramma nearly crying
1: at the thought of not getting the cottage there's a lot of uh self-worth tied up in this a lot
0: and we kind of see why as this section goes on i mean i've Tiffany, who sees the unfairness of Anagramma getting the cottage, you know, she says it to Miss Tick. It's unfair on Anagramma. She's going to make a mess of it. And then you start seeing, like, the real Anagramma. And you, um, who says you put up with all the stuff because every once in a while you saw through it all. Inside there was this worried, frantic little face watching the world like a bunny watching a fox and screaming at it in the hope that it would go away and not hurt her.
1: And yeah, she's been, I'm sure she had tendencies from a younger age, but she's been really hard done by really by being put with Miss Earwig and left there. Yeah. And like, she's, she's not learned any of the practical skills she needs.
0: No, and she can't do what Miss Earwig does and go and become Mrs. Earwig because there's not another handy celibate wizard around for her to marry. And mm. no one's going to buy a book she- written by her. She's too young.
1: Yeah. She, yeah, she does, she doesn't have the foundation to start from there. I th- I thought it was interesting the way she kind of dismissively talks to people, and then I think it was quite soon afterwards you see the the, the summer lady talks the same way. I just thought that was a nice yeah, it's a really good parallel, pig witch and sheep girl. Yeah, the two little like cutting little acid remarks there, yeah. but then obviously big difference in the anagramma, It's all show,
0: all show, and she's you know you learn about the beginnings that she's come from that you know they weren't even they didn't even own Mm. the land or the cottage they lived in and when tiffany's kind of walking her through the way she needs to do the witching the way she needs to be able to listen and learn what's going on all this just to get some power over a crowd of farmers and peasants and you realize she's been Mm. raised to just not raised by her family but because she's come from that beginning and then gone to mrs earwig she's been encouraged to kind of want this
1: power of a bigger kind yeah yeah and and the fact that she is after power at all was just a very, very telling, wasn't it? All this to gain power. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, all this to help people. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, this is something, you know, I've talked about at length on the podcast, this idea of teenage girls getting into things like witchcraft as a way to kind of mm. claim and manifest some kind of power in a world that makes you feel very powerless. And that's mm. anagramma to a T. And mm. she's unfortunately ended up with being taught by the witch that most encourages the kind of witchcraft that teenage girls on Ramwell do, which is not necessarily the helpful kind.
1: Yeah. Weirdly enough, considering it's her starting off by being uh, a lot of internalised classes and going, oh, peasants and pig witches or whatever, it it is a highlighting moment for how lucky Tiffany was, even though she grew up with a lot lot of money, to... To have the foundation she did, yeah, to come from with a, the chalk. With a loving family, the the wise grandmother, the, yeah, the place she feels is home. Whereas Anagrama, you know, I don't, I don't think we ever find out exactly what her family was like, but I think you can,
0: you can assume that there wasn't much yeah. there for her, and she's looking, yeah, to claim power for herself because she had very little agency in her life before witching. I assume, yeah, yeah. Um, I like we also get like, uh, Pratchett's whole thing with class stuff, like it's similar to mm-hmm. the um. Too poor to paint, too proud to whitewash stuff that we get a lot of with Vimes. So yeah. uh, when Tiffany and Anna, Anna argue about taking breakfast from the family after they've they've sat up with the the dead, or Tiffany mm. has, and Anna Grammer tries to say, oh, we couldn't take what little he had. And Tiffany's like, no, we take it and, and we'll tell them it's nice and we'll say thank you. And that will mean everyone yeah. has done the right thing by custom, and that's what's important to them because they don't think they're poor. Everyone around her is poor, but they're not so poor they can't afford to do the right things. That would be poor.
1: It reminded me of the Hogfather, actually, more than anything. It Just kind of its attitude towards pat- patronising charity. Oh,
0: the King when he comes to the guy, yeah. and we brought all this feast. It's like, but I never, I never yeah. asked for anything from nobody.
1: Yeah, and just. You have to think of these people as people, yeah. not as bit characters in your story. Yeah, they're not
0: just NPCs.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah no, Anagram has bad main character syndrome.
1: Oh, she does, yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: now she's got to accept the help. So, Yeah. Kind of just quickly uh, going into the coven stuff along with it. Um, um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we leave Anagram, can I just uh, call out the phrase a festival of blots"? Oh, beautiful. Yes. For her snoring. Yeah, oh, Sorry. Please, Karen.
0: <laughs> when Tiffany brings in the coven to help Anagram and when she says, it's just that I didn't really think they were my friends. And that's a sentence mm. that on its own, and I've just noticed it because obviously I've got it as a quote without all the context around it in my plan, um, could really be read one of two ways. And it's only read one of mm. one way when you read the book because she's crying and mm. she's grateful. and Oh, I didn't think they were my friends enough to help me. But you can also read that sentence of, I think they were my friends because she never treated them as friends. She treated them as underlings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And because of that, they're not. They're Tiffany's friend and they're Fortunia's friend. And luckily, those two are just willing to help anyone. Which made me spot kind of a
0: fun little parallel. Which, you know, uh, the earlier Witches books talk a lot about Granny Weatherwax as the leader that the Witches didn't have. And it feels Mm. like Tiffany's stepped into a smaller version of that role with the Coven. Mm. She's sort of the leader that they don't have. Like, none of them would say that Tiffany was the leader, but. They will do stuff if Tiffany says so, of course. and then alongside Tiffany, you've got Petulia's like easy confidence with the pigs and this ready steadfastness. She's is almost like a scaled mm. down nannyog. She's like being the nanny yeah. to Tiffany's granny.
1: Yeah, just the anchor. Yeah. And
0: uh, just before we move on as well, the line, because Tiffany's going around them and you see all the coven doing, you know, their research witchy things and and practicing breathing underwater. The coven itself seemed a long time ago. It had been a busy winter. And just do you remember that age and how quickly like you would grow out of these things like friendship groups and doing something together? Mm. And it does. It goes in a winter. Anyway, (sighs) I'm just going to get wistful for a minute. Miss Treason then. Yes. Hell of an ending for her. Hell of an ending. I'm going to save some of the stuff with her funeral for later. Because, you know, I do like to talk about death as much as possible on this podcast. She's only (gasps) 111. She lied about her age. Yes, but it sounds so adolescent. (laughs) (laughs) How long do you think she's been saying
1: she's 113? Probably sounds like a hundred and ten. Yeah, I reckon
0: she just yeah. jumped straight to one hundred and thirteen, and then she stayed there. I, she gives some advice, the womanly advice mm. of pay attention to your young man. There's a really lovely line: uh, "I fear you live not where you love."
1: Yes, which I thought was lovely. But don't become a strumpet like Mrs. Og. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely she's she definitely got a noticeably different attitude to Nanny Og and Granny Weatherwax. Just they, they give he's given her the extra generation. Yes which is quite cool. Yeah,
0: there's no deference there. I yeah. think there's a grudging respect, you know, they are Sure. talented witches. But yeah, there's
1: absolutely no Yeah, she's known them since they were Tiffany and Anagrammers. Yeah. age. you know, it's yeah. <laughs> she, she's seen Nanny's strumpetry. Who hasn't?
0: And her final advice of uh staying away from beans. I've avoided rumbustiousness all my days. I am an old person and what I say is wisdom. Now that's bollocks though.
1: Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked funny. Oh, uh, And uh, stopping the heart with her thumbnail. Yes. So that she gets a, a moment's privacy before actually dying.
0: And the final clank in Tiffany just jumping in with the extra bit of buffo.
1: She was probably just saying goodbye. You can tell that it's it's a wrench to leave unfinished business, but there will always be unfinished business yeah. for a witch because you know obviously it's quite big unfinished business right now, and she's she's like oh this isn't great timing is it? But at the same time she's like oh, no we need to sort out all these dramas. There's the yeah. there's the right of way and there's the cow and there's the baby and there's the ah oh, god and it's it's not resentful it's just
0: oh just give me a minute and the fixing herself up when the villagers come for her one last time yeah. Oh, and being surprised that they came. Yeah, she didn't expect them to care or want to say goodbye. You know, she'd made a point of terrifying them and I don't think she ever really acknowledged. She knew she was respected, but I don't think she ever acknowledged that the villagers really cared that they had the witch there. Then she gets the, you know,
1: oh, no, they mustn't see me without my skulls. How's my hair? It looks nice yeah no exactly be
0: mad mess it up
1: yeah i think c- i can't find the quote exactly the the bit she said about uh they'll never love me for telling them the truth and so i chose fear yeah so that they'd listen to me oh yeah and then... which is you know, a very you know a really difficult choice to make it's, it's it's another choice on top of the the choices you have to make to be a witch is this i cannot be loved by my community because in order to do so i would have to bullshit them yeah or be nanny og who's clearly like a a once-in-a-generation marvel yeah and it ties
0: a bit into the thing from last week you know that parallel between tiffany and roland they're Mm. people who are going to always
1: have to hold themselves apart do you think possibly she coped with it better than uh, granny weatherwax has because she made it a costume yeah so granny weatherwax had especially during uh carpe jugulum yeah a a lot of big feelings about being left out and being the The hag. Yeah. uh, The crone. The the crone, yeah. The other one. The other one. And I think obviously Miss Treason's had her share of these feelings, but perhaps deals with it better because Granny Weatherworks is being herself. Yeah. And she has to deal with these reactions to herself and Miss Treason. You know, it's the difference between... I don't get stage fright if I'm in a play, but I do if I'm doing an open mic.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you don't have to get stage fright, and you don't have to take it personally yeah. if you know it's not really about you. It's about something you've created. It's yeah. about the costume you're wearing.
1: Uh, uh, and and the only reason you get offended is if people weren't scared enough of your your skulls and cheese. Yeah,
0: and yeah, Granny hasn't <laughs> Granny has built walls, but she hasn't built up that wall.
1: Hmm. She
0: has always been exactly Granny because she's very confident in who she
1: is. The the bit, actually, just after the quote I picked, and this is when the Gonagal is playing the mousepipes, yeah. just after Tiffany has said the words. He said, so, A Gonagal could put many things into his music, and she felt sunsets and autumns and the mist on the hills and the smell of roses so red they were nearly black. No. And you get Miss Treason as a human woman who loved things yeah, and loved beauty and picked roses that were so red they were nearly black rather than being Death, who has a black garden, because that's all he can do. Yeah, that's... I love that. Oh, except for the golden corn, of course. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Death. <laughs> um, granny Weatherwax, then. Granny Weatherwax, then. Speaking of all the Granny Weatherwax we just spoke of. Yeah. Uh, uh, we get... <laughs> she bleeds into the other characters. We can't help it.
0: <laughs> Her summary via Tiffany of witches who are people what looks up. Uh, looking up above everyday chores, wondering, what's this all about? And possibly, is there
1: anything under the kilt? I've always thought it was very good advice to look up. Yeah. You see more interesting parts of buildings that way. Uh, when you trip over your own feet, you've got an excuse. Yeah, that's true. Might see a buzzard. Get get a bit of warning before you get shot on by a seagull. And if a piano's going to fall on your hand, you've got time to get out of the way. Exactly so. And you'll notice that neither of us have ever been squashed to death by a piano. Yeah, and uh, correlation true definitely
0: nonsense. equals causation. So... Uh, <laughs> clearly take our advice listeners Mm -hmm. um anyway
1: the piano the piano dropped like a helicopter (laughs) or a cheese vicious helicopter um
0: we're still not seeing things from granny's perspective we're seeing mostly Mm -hmm. tiffany's perspective and i thought that was really clear in the the throwing away the horse scene um Mm. because through tiffany's eyes she's quite uh, not ominous but Almost villainous. You know, uh, Granny lowered her voice in in a piercing hiss much worse than a scream. Said, that's Mm -hmm. how it finds you. Um, And when she takes the necklace, Tiffany tried not to see Granny Weatherwax's fingers as a closing claw. Like, through Tiffany's eyes in that scene, she is
1: not nice. And I think not only that, she is the possible future for Tiffany. Yeah. Everybody knows that she is walking in Granny Weatherwax's footsteps. And... You know, she is the powerful one now. Yeah. Of this generation, and she is having to make all these decisions that we know that Granny Weatherworks had to make. Yeah. I, f- I feel like it's very much what is it the the old woman coming up like a terrible fish? What? Sylvia Plath. Oh, there. Come on, Joanna. Depressing feminist uh, literature references. <laughs> I know, but I was still thinking about the waterfall. Yeah, well, even better. Yeah. <laughs> Granny Weatherworks
0: determinedly doggy paddling up <laughs> a waterfall.
1: Fucking no, swimming like a salmon. <laughs> <laughs> Granny Weatherwax swimming aggressively upstream, up the waterfall, terrifying. <laughs> right. Anyway, I like
0: that she's boiling things down to story because we mm. as readers have the perspective of Granny Weatherwax having to deal with fucking stories, uh, yeah. especially with books like Masquerade and Is Broad. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, when they've tested the first feet, Miss Tick is going to give you the answer in some long words, uh, but it boils down to this. It's the story
1: happening. It's trying to make you fit into itself. Having a go at Miss Tick for wittering as well. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I put this in, in the brief Mystic bit, but I might as well just say it here. Uh, the little wet air, because it's more poetical.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Granny yeah.
0: kind of snaps and is constantly a bit irked by Miss Tick. I feel like Miss Tick's kind of fallen into the Magrat role.
1: Yes, except... Possibly even more annoying to Granny <laughs> Wellerwax. <wear the> <laughs> yeah, bookish. That's the problem. Isn't yeah. It doesn't hold with
0: that. I also very much like the blessings be upon this house sort of runner through this. Uh, blessings be upon this house, said Granny, but in a voice which suggested that if blessings needed to be taken
1: away, she could do that too. And the low bow with Mrs. Irwig. Oh, the sort of bowing and the verbal sparring. And then you get that moment of solidarity between Tiffany and Anna just looking over the back. this could go on for a while
0: (laughs) blessings be upon our meeting (laughs) Tiffany wince this was a declaration of hostilities (laughs) Uh, oh I love you as well coming like meeping hey, you, from under you, the meep. hat Sorry. <laughs> i love you obviously <laughs> i love but yes the, yeah, the meep the little meep which the meep yeah. is also did with,
1: you just say meep
0: no it was just horrible because for a second i had the mental images of the meep from from doctor who but yeah coming out of the small kitten comes out of the hat and then immediately starts a fight with the big terrifying cat wins and claims the chair is a yeah. like almost tropey thing that i very much love
1: you wonder how much he picks up viral fight granny or if granny's putting in the hours training this cat to be a menace or
0: if she's just like that and it happens to Mm. be absolute perfect synergy between the two yeah Uh, but yeah as someone who um channels that kind of energy into if i'm playing a video game and i can fight god i'm gonna fight god a lot of respect for you you would fight god (sighs) um oh and the the bill hogs parsley bit which ain't great name and it introduces the idea of granny moving the pain
1: oh yes 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 Oh, in the weird synesthesia kind of wiggly brown rectangle. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was a
0: a fun like you can you can do that. You can create these kind of synesthesia like mental images for all your different flavors Mm. of pain. If you want to start thinking about that, maybe not. But I like Nanny sort of saying, you know, Esme's the best at it. None of us are too proud to call her, Mm. and she's really good at people, which is funny because she doesn't like them. Yeah, which might be why she's good. Or she's. She doesn't like them because she's good at them, so she knows them a bit too well to
1: like them. One of those, maybe the equivalent of uh, mossy lawn. Definitely a bit of mossy lawn. He 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 knows what he's doing, yep. and will do it, and that's that. Yep. But please don't stay around because I've got. I want to go back to sleep now. Thank um, um, you. <laughs> my kidneys. Do you have anything else on Granny before we move on? Uh, no, nah, nothing that we won't cover later. Yeah. Mrs. Arwish. Arwish. Ewish Ewig.
0: <laughs> I love that she's bought into the buffo. Yes. She's completely, sort of, when they turn up at the cottage, you know, there are disturbing stories. Dark forces have been released.
1: There's no critical thinking, this woman.
0: Yeah, no. And, and Tiffany's frustrated with it and she doesn't say anything. You know, she takes Granny's sort of leadership there because Granny is not going to give Mrs. Ewig an inch. But, you know, she watched over them she stopped their arguments remember their laws she scolded their silliness and she couldn't do that if she was just an old lady she had to be a myth and mrs Ewig has never been uh self-conscious or self-aware enough to need to create a myth because she's just like
1: that and she i, I don't really know how she gets on with the her constituents
0: well i don't think she lives in, I, i'm pretty sure she's not based on anagramma she's not going round houses she's not doing that sort of thing she's mm. swanning about writing books
1: Yes. Oh, that's right. Yes, because she doesn't know the first thing about childbirth. Yeah. She does things like let nature take its course. Uh,
0: Trust in peasant wisdom. Well, all right, but this is peasant idiocy. She just puts leaf mold poultices on everything. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm I'm the peasant wisdom. That's me. I know. <laughs> Granny Weatherwax has the peasant wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nanny Og has this peasant wisdom. Yeah. yeah, Nanny Og's the good birth's one. Oh, just the the fact that she's managed to hold on to anagrammer as well rather than let her go round the witches, Yes. And to think that she's enough to give her a balanced education, it's very... Because she
0: thinks her own her own magic is the only magic. <laughs> but she hasn't considered the mm. idea of a Steading and what it means to then, have a Steading.
1: Yeah. And I think Anagramma is realising that very quickly. As you can see, when Tiffany yells at her, why don't you go and ask Mrs. Earwig to help you then? And Anna just stares at her. Yeah. So- like... Okay. Yeah. yeah we both I know. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um uh. So Nanny Og. Nanny Og, yeah. Yay, my
0: fave. <gasps> Uh, there's some good lines that very much support my whole Nanny August the Powerful Witch stuff
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, and again it's really fun because we're seeing her from Tiffany's perspective and I know she briefly turns up at the we Men, but this is the first time we're spending like a decent amount of time from her th- through these kind of fresh eyes Yeah. And Tiffany stared into those dark twinkling eyes don't try to trick her or hold back anything from those said her third thoughts everyone said she's been Granny Weatherwax's best friend since they were girls and that means that under all those wrinkles must be nerves of steel
1: she does a little glamour doesn't nanny og
0: she does and slightly later on um when tiffany's thinking about the the stories that witches have told about themselves you know in the context of mysteries and becoming a myth and nanny og told a story mm. too fat jolly nanny og who liked to drink and another drink thank you kindly and was everyone's favorite grandmother but those twinkling little eyes could bore into your head and read all your secrets i like the uh deliberate misunderstanding in the dictionary as well um, mm. That based on the definition of strumpfit and such, Nanny was a very respectable person. She found virtue easy for one thing, and if she was no better than she should be, then she was just as good as she ought to be.
1: I think that that sounds correct to me, don't you? Absolutely, easiest virtue in Lanka. Uh, Nanny, are being practical with the cornucopia, ham sandwiches. Sounds like a Cluedo. Plenty old practical <laughs> with the cornucopia in the kitchen. <laughs> Alliterative Cluedo. Um, so it is. And the uh, the the onions. I thought oh, uh, yeah. not even the cornucopia. Sorry, no, with Tiffany's feet. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, I'm going to use the onions. The onions yeah. Fresh vegetables in winter. Yeah. What's
0: wrong with you all? Yeah. She clocks a lot of what's between Granny and Tiffany as well in a way that I don't think like Miss Tick certainly hasn't really noticed what the relationship is there in quite the same way, you know, they're talking about what to do about the summer lady and uh, Nanny's a show her what you can do. That's the way, he surprise her. And Tiffany's like, You mean the summer lady? Nanny's like, Oh, the Summer Lady too, yeah. And this is all yeah. in front of Granny <laughs> Weatherwax, yeah, yeah. who is not amused.
1: <laughs> and no nobody else is allowed to vocalise all of this, of course. Oh God no, but Nanny can get away with it because it's Nanny. Yep, yep. I mean, what's Granny gonna do? <laughs> Did you have anything else about Miss Tick? No, I think we can skim over her because we're running real long on these characters. I know, but it's really good. This is a really good character book. I know, but she's the most annoying. So sorry, Miss Tick. But yeah, sorry you've gone a bit magret. So the Wintersmith. The Wintersmith. (laughs) So I'm
0: wondering, so he did Tiffany's Names in The Ferns, uh, Mm -hmm. but in Hogfather, and I think briefly in Reaper Man, we see Jack Frost doing the frost and the ferns. So did Wintersmith like outsource some of his flirtation to Jack Frost?
1: Well, wasn't Jack Frost part of the Overspill of Magic? Oh, yeah. Um, well, no, but he was like chatting to the Tooth Fairy.
0: Yeah. So I feel like he... Uh, I,
1: think, I think probably the Wintersmith can do all of this Fern stuff, but doesn't usually. Ah, uh, right. Because, you know, he he's currently doing his human stuff that he's not used to doing. Ah, uh, so he's... Um, and Jack Frost is an anthropomorphic personification uh, by habit. Yes. And so, yeah, Jack Frost is probably watching from uh, a few places. Back, like, all right, you did this one then. I'm not going to argue with you because you know you're the you you are the elemental of winter, but it's not how I usually do it. That's all I'm saying.
0: That is not a fern <laughs> or a paisley pattern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the uh, the dramatic entrance that he makes when Tiffany's outside after the funeral and the, and the clean cottage is very. Yeah. You know, uh, he's got a billowing cloak. He's cu- looking human now. Uh, something like ripples Cross- ran across him, and Tiffany thought she could see the trees behind him like shadows.
1: And crossing the dead grass with the speed of a skater—very scary. Yeah, uh, terrified of roller skates. Uh, he's still got the same uh, ice skates, maybe. <laughs> that would make more sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He'd still got the same purple grey eyes. She noted purple grey and a face sculpted from cold, uh, from fog. Mm. A handsome face
1: too. The way he speaks is described as though the Windsmith had been taught to say the sound of words without understanding how they were. Have Have you ever tried to speak backwards as in you, uh, you say a word backwards, record it and then play it back to see if you managed to get it right? No, I can't say I've done that. Mm. I have. I imagine it's a bit like that. Yeah,
0: no, I can see that being the thing. And I like this bit. He's trying to pick up humanity in bits and pieces obviously he learns the children's rhyme and then we have these little interludes throughout the book of him collecting these things he's been told make a man um and this Mm. is the great line it was as if the wintersmith had heard the idea of being human but he hadn't learned how to do it yet which is like mildly amusing on the surface and then gets more and more ominous the more you think about it
1: and it's got this this kind of comic counterpart with the fegals becoming a man yes to, to learn about romance. And chucking the, i had not been a knee this time. And a real, like a throwback to someone who did a little better. A Reaper Man, of course. Yeah,
0: and Death's uh, commitment to learning how to be human. But he does it in a... Mm. Death comes from a place of caring and understanding humanity in a way that Wintersmith yeah. doesn't, That's, I
1: think. And the bit I'm thinking of specifically is when he takes... The lady to the dance. Is it Flitwick? Thank you, Miss Flitwick. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. Miss Flitwick took the, to the dance and goes around and finds the biggest diamond and the best chocolates and all of that stuff. And offers to and take her wherever
0: Flitwick. she wants and she wants to go to the dance.
1: And in this yeah, in this case, the windsmith is listening to a couple of kids. He's like, all right. So I'll get some sulphur okay. and some potash. Yep. <laughs> and- Shopping it. Got it. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Right. See you later. That's <laughs> by the milk. it it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cereal aisle. Cereal aisle. That's what you get yourself up. Yeah. So, Roland. Mm, how poor water Roland. Colors. Poor Roland. No, poor Roland. Clueless Roland. Uh, uh, Poor Roland in two ways when he's sitting there, you know, checking mm. his stockpiles and trying to think about what he could write to tell Tiffany while the aunts are yelling at
1: him in the background. Both of them are just thinking of nice stuff to write to each other Yeah. while dealing with some real forces of nature quite and and poor Roland yeah Roland I feel a lot more sorry for because he's not got grinding weather wax on his side right now no he's completely
0: he's literally he's trapped in this tower he's isolated Mm. and so he's innocently thinking Tiffany would love to hear about the party uh, because it was fun and you know for him it's a distraction because he can't tell her what's really going on hmm but, but Tiffany's reaction, he danced with his daughter, who, who was called o- Iodine because Lord Diver thought that was a nice name for a girl. They'd had three dances and ice cream. Iodine had shown him her watercolours. How could he sit there and write such things?
1: Good pronunciation of the exclamation marks
0: there. <laughs> I, I like, it, you know, it's Terry Pratchett shorthand. Tiffany is being irrational here. We can tell from the multiple explanation marks, which are the sign uh-huh. of an unbalanced mind.
1: Yeah. Also like watercolours as a, a kind of implied innuendo on top of uh, what we've just heard about uh, the the going to look for nuts and searching for cuckoo nests. Yes. I feel like that's my extra one on the one. <laughs> We're going to look for nuts. We're searching for cuckoo's nests. Uh, I've gone to show them my watercolors,
0: but there's something so so placid <laughs> <What precid can? laughs> about watercolors. There's something so mm. completely—I don't want to say bland because you obviously paint beautiful watercolors things, but you know what I mean. There's bland oh, and offensive. Yeah. If
1: I was to, yeah, if I was to show somebody my watercolors, or my etch—it's etchings, isn't it's it? Etchings. It's showing someone your etchings. It's your, it's especially because in this situation, watercolors is a very ladylike pursuit. Yes, in the aristocracy, in the the kind of time period we we are not parodying exactly, yeah. but referencing and uh, yeah no definitely I would say insipid yes is the word very yeah. much so <laughs> um, with... I, don't, I don't think she's got very pigmented uh, visions no wow well, I'm a wank <laughs> I am a wank
0: if <laughs> you say that I was going to call them flaccid before I realised that was the word <laughs> flaccid bruv <laughs> <laughs> right okay
1: Annoyer. Sorry, listeners, an overheard snippet in London as somebody walked past us. <laughs> Annoyer. Annoyer, um, who gets the great
0: line sooner Thinking or later. Yeah. Sooner or later every curse is a prayer. And Which on top of don't let boys rain on your lava. <laughs> well, yeah, we find out she used to be a lava <laughs> goddess and uh, she mm-hmm. she's had to move into the into the drawers game.
1: I think I might try and make some like really uh Facebook coded like motivational annoya poster like with you know how the whole Marilyn Monroe if you can't handle me at my worst don't deserve me at the best which i don't know if she even said no. but annoya like don't let men rain on your lava <laughs> uh, yeah i love that and the god of storms
0: was always raining on my lava that's men for you dear they rain on your lava and look at watercolors said tiffany annoya's eyes narrowed someone else's watercolours I'm having so much fun just putting (laughs) (laughs) horrific amounts of offence on the word watercolours 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 right and then briefly a little grope cameo hey Hey. sulphur that's where Wintersmith gets his sulphur from grope socks
1: Oh, poor Groat
0: is he vulnerable now. There's a date out of it, though. It's oh, written yeah, about the paper, true. and now Groat's walking out with someone, and I'm very happy for them. Finally, someone with good hygiene. <laughs> Stanley's got a stepmum. Oh, what a sulfurous household it will be.
1: <laughs> I hope they avoid robustness. I, I hope they're living in a room with some ventilation
0: now. <laughs> um, a quick location as well before we move on.
1: Uh, oh, speaking of nice locations. Yes.
0: <laughs> Nanny's well ventilated cottage. Again, I just I like seeing it through fresh eyes. Um, and it's what you were talking about, about Tiffany's perspective of things like having the cups of tea brought to you. To you. Uh, Tiffany thought only grand folk lived in homes like this. There are oil lamps. There's a bath made of tin having conveniently on a cook outside the privy. There was an indoor pump. But Nanny ambled around in her rather worn black dress, not grand at all.
1: Can we have a little mention for a little bit of Irish folklore? Oh, yeah. While we're, while we're around. uh na nog means land of the young and it was uh, an enchanted island off the west coast oh uh, yeah. where everyone was young and beautiful and had no illness or unhappiness. so tear nanny og yes but anyway land of nanny i guess yes in this case <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah she's she's a witch in the middle of not a witch's life yes which is very interesting and for all that she does it perfectly and very comfortably uh the almost thank you i think as a little introduction yeah uh to nanny og's politeness and then the uh, the kind of contrast with her home life i thought was quite fun she's the most polite of all the witches and she is a terror to her daughters-in-law
0: <laughs> i do feel like we need like a support group for- mm. i feel like the daughters-in-law have a support group yeah where, like yeah. whichever ones are off duty like get together once a week and just slam back quite a lot mm. of whiskey and swear quite a bit
1: stand up in a circle okay my name is I don't even remember, I and mean, I'm a daughter-in-law of Nanny Ogg. Uh, oh, it's funny. but They make a lovely casserole. They do make a lovely casserole, and I would love to stay in Nanny Ogg's guest room. It sounds very comfortable. I would go. I would holiday at Nanny Ogg's. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Five stars. Although that bed does sound like the kind that gives you weird dreams. Yeah, that when they're too soft and you get stuck on your back, you know. Yeah, and you kind of sink into up. a little hollow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's take a break. Yeah. All right. I'll go for a little nap and a nightmare, and then
0: uh Cool. I'm just gonna go walk <laughs> into my grave for a minute. Little bits we liked. What did you like, Francine?
1: Little bits we liked. I love a bit of silly frachety and metaphor, especially when it's very effective. So I just picked out a couple from this one. Um Nanny Og was good at listening. She listened like a great big ear. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. And my but my favorite by far is when uh Tiffany summons a large amount of ham sandwiches from the cornucopia and says There was the kind of sound you get when you disturb a cave full of bats. Just the idea of a flock of ham sandwiches sounding like a disturbed cave of bats. That came from a mind I cannot comprehend, but I'm so glad it existed. Yeah,
0: very much so.
1: (laughs) Speaking of ham sandwiches, I really want to know... Mm mustard is always tricky
0: pickles of all sorts don't seem to make it i'm sorry no. what is keeping them from crossing planes of existence answers on an albatross please listeners
1: i know i was a little worried about you as i read that because i know how much you value condiments i, I mean a ham sandwich is not a ham sandwich if it doesn't have a bit of mustard or some chutney
0: or pick a lily pic-a-lilly. pick a is good in a ham sandwich mm. um i'm going to move us on quickly before i start talking about food though weaving names into cloth oh. i did a quick bit of research This is, you know, Miss Treason says um, there's nothing magical about it. It's a very odd trick. Any weaver can do it. You won't be able to read it though without knowing how it was done. Uh, So, this is a natural thing. It's called name drafting, also Mm -hmm. known as code drafting, commemorative drafting, and personalised design. I'm going to massively oversimplify here because I don't have an in-depth knowledge of how weaving works. And Francine says I can't have a loom draft.
1: You don't have room for a loom. I want a I want a room loom loom room. <laughs> I tell you once. I've told you again. Over zoom. No room loom loom room. <laughs> um. A draft is, is
0: like a pattern for weaving. And the ba- um, This is just a quote from an article i link to that explains it in a bit more detail. The basic idea is simple. A string of characters, a word, or more often a phrase or sentence, is named to make a threading sequence. Um, so it could be the name of a loved one or something. Um, the coding assigns a shaft number to each character of the selected string. Um, so say A is 1, B is 2, And then you pick which shafts you're going to do a colour over and there's a way of changing it slightly each time and it creates a pattern. Okay. And if you are experienced and you understand how someone's gone about it in the first place, you can potentially, you know, with some work, look at a pattern and figure out, oh, hey, they've put that word in there or that phrase in there. They've used that phrase to make the pattern.
1: Wow. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) This is like um, people make art with kind of uh, audio waves sometimes don't they yeah yeah kind of like that yeah um so yeah it's i'll
0: link to something that goes into it in a bit more detail because like i said i don't understand weaving enough to uh, to explain it
1: cool though i like that yes very cool brings me joy uh badly written sheep francine yeah badly written sheep uh <laughs> I, I just uh, i love the whole bit tiffany reading the romance novel i thought was very well done tiffany is not shocked by anything she's reading in this book apart from the poor sheep husbandry yeah the, the rubbish rubbish woman living on this farm now, what kind of help would she be around the place standing around with lips like cherries wouldn't get the cows milked or the sheep sheared i'm sure nanny hong would disagree <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was another thing did marjorie J. bodice know anything about sheep this was a sheep farm in the summertime wasn't it so when did they shear the sheep the second most important occasion in a sheep farms year and it wasn't worth mentioning Uh, And this gave me big uh, you trying to analyse the Good Omens episode with all the magic in it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure I'm the same with lots of different things. But it's when you know about a topic and it takes you out of the suspension of disbelief, which you can hold on to for a demon and an angel having a relationship on Earth or in this case, uh, whatever the fuck's going on with the... Winter. Actually, no, Tiffany's got no suspension of disbelief. No, absolutely not. Uh, small shout out to the fact she's noticing she knows he's the bad guy because he's got a dark horse and a moustache and she she's still got the eye for the old tropes.
0: Well, yeah, because she grew up yeah. with it with the children's book of fairy yeah. tales and the blonde princesses yeah. and the brown-haired witches.
1: Exactly yeah
0: so that's mine. Uh speaking of books the travelling <laughs> librarians I really love moment, yeah. uh, especially because I grew up in a village that had like a library van that came through and it was always really exciting and I, I like I have such distinct memories of going into that little van full of books and picking something it was oh lovely library vans are such a wonderful thing I think they've died off a bit now because
1: libraries are horribly underfunded fund libraries mm. Mm. there's a few that popped up in like telephone boxes and things I've noticed yeah there's which like not community organised yeah. sort
0: of mobile library stuff which I, I love yeah. And yeah, just this idea of searching the books for survival advice, but they yeah. wouldn't consider using the
1: books to keep warm in any other way. It's like, that you're here in the freezing cold and you've got a whole thing full of dry books. Yes.
0: And the figgles and... take pity on them and bring back their oxen yeah. because they know they're just yeah. not going to yeah. survive other way.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about the bigger stuff then. Okay. The uncaring element. Speaking of freezing together in the library van. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah <laughs> wonderful what a wonderful way to go so i was looking into the idea of elementals as a thing because the word elemental is used a lot in this book actually it's, it's clearly pratchett is uh writing it as a very separate thing to a god yes. he wants them kept separate here even if they are getting a bit anthropomorphic around the years and so i looked up what elementals were in a in a historical myth context yes yeah. so according to paracelsus who was a 16th century like literal renaissance man mm-hmm. who did alchemy theology all this stuff and his subsequent students followers there are four elementals or four types of elementals. so you got gnomes for earth mm-hmm. uh you got undines undines for water um they look pretty much like you expect yeah. from the statues i think Wait, you know. um yeah uh, watery what was it what's the bondifying quote uh- <laughs> moistened bint <laughs> moistened bint yeah pretty much the your moistened bint genre of uh elemental uh, personification uh you, you got your sylphs in the air and your salamanders for fire oh that makes sense yeah uh, relevant to this book particularly i thought was interesting so paracelsus conceived human beings to be composed of three parts so you've got the elemental body the sidereal spirit and an immortal divine soul, and now an elemental didn't have an immortal soul, um, but by marrying a human being, he could gain a soul. She could gain a soul, and their offspring would have a soul. So, yeah. I'm doing finger guns for uh for the audio format, <laughs> and they don't even make sense visually. <laughs> but <laughs> so I just like that as a little uh, the real world fake elementals, whatever you know, the real world myth. Yeah, and then. I was while I was reading it just kind of thinking about it's interesting how we personify the weather and it's obvious Pratchett was thinking about this when he was doing it, and he makes a point of talking about how uncaring the elements are and having his characters talk about it too. So you know, you know, it's, it's really easy just to go on about a cruel wind or a harsh frost or like a furious storm. Mm. And nature's wrath is a very familiar phrase. Yeah, and, and you know, Pratchett is a prolific weather personifier. Um, this is the guy and who
0: gave us the little storm that could all the way
1: back in the mid storm that could. <laughs> And I just really like, I was subtly encouraged to think about it here. So like, th- these are both from Nanny, I think. We're packed with stuff he doesn't understand, can't understand really. Anger, for example. A blizzard is never angry. The storm don't hate the people who die in it. The wind is never cruel. And then, didn't have your mind right, said Nanny on from the doorway. Well, you know, it's a bit difficult when you've had a long day and you didn't sleep much and the Wintersmith is looking for you, snapped Tiffany. The fire doesn't care, said Nanny, shrugging. Yeah. Hot milk coming up. And this is when Tiffany burns herself mm. when she's trying to be the the conduit to warm her little boots. Um, <laughs> to warm her poor little fertile feature. Which I thought was interesting because both of those quotes from Nanny, I'd say, <laughs> pair pretty well and deliberately. And they do cover both the elementals we're concerned with in this book. You got there. Yeah. You got you into, you got your summer. And then, Tiffany's little realisation when she's on the hill and she is lonely and she's cold and all you could do is keep going you could scream and cry and stamp your feet but apart from making you feel warmer it wouldn't do any good you could say it was unfair and that was true but the universe didn't care because it didn't know what fair meant and yeah I would like to come back to summer and winter, never dying next week. Well, I was actually just
0: about to talk about that briefly. Oh, perfect. Good. I want to talk about beginnings and endings of things
1: because uh, the middle Mm -hmm. of the book seems the sensible place to do that. I'd say. Let's start at the very middle, Mm. the very beginning place to end.
0: (laughs) This is a book about seasons and it's about cycles and it has this running idea of balance. And through it, there is this idea of beginnings and endings, but also what happens if you don't get beginnings and endings? Mm. So there is this sort of underlying threat of what if the Wintersmith doesn't go away? And, you know, Anoya makes comments about let's have summer all year round. Yeah. And I think Tiffany's got enough of her to think maybe that's not a good thing. Because the thing's, if things don't end, what you have is stagnation. And we know this is yeah. a huge Pratchett theme. That's an auditorish, dull bureaucracy bureaucracy type of evil beginnings mm. and endings are changes
1: or a fairy queen type of evil with your, yeah. your snow you're
0: unending winter yeah. and you're unending fairyland and you're unending sweets mm. but i think it's clearest in the death of mysteries and which was tough to read and is tough to talk about because you know funerals but without going into the more depressing aspects of it this the practicality of this being an ending you know people died it was sad but they did and Tiffany thinks about the things that need to be done and she's thinking about staying up with the dead but in this case she, she ends up staying up and playing cards uh, which <laughs> is just a really lovely... Staying
1: up with the nearly yeah. dead.
0: You washed the body and did a few secret and squelchy things and dressed them in their best clothes and laid them out with bowls and uh, bowls of earth and salt beside them. No one knew where you did this bit, not even Treason, but it had always been done. And you took, put mm. two pennies on their eyes for the ferryman and you sat with them the night before they were buried because they shouldn't be alone. Uh, which mm. is beautiful. Just quickly on the bread and salt thing. Um, mm. I'll link to the full article this is about. It's from a thing called the Scotia News. Very, very old-fashioned website. Brought me a lot of joy, like an online nice, type thing. A Short View yeah. of Scottish Funeral Traditions. Uh, In older traditions, unfortunately there weren't any sources within the article, so I haven't like gone through and done a lot of verifying here, but in older traditions, the deceased was laid out with a wooden plate on his chest. On the plate were separate portions of earth and salt. The handful of earth was said to indicate that the body would be buried and returned to the earth from whence it came. The salt was a representation of the eternal soul. Some think that the salt was possibly meant to be a deterrent, a spirit, such as sowing the earth with salt after some
1: evil dwelling place has been burned. And sometimes they were even buried with the plate. Salt. Salt's quite a traditional uh, deterrent, isn't it? Yeah,
0: th- throw salt over your shoulder. Over your if shoulder. Awesome.
1: That's what you make the circle with. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, also came up in Doctor Who recently, oh, invoking us yeah. as superstition on the ed- edge of the universe. Don't do that. Um, Don't do that.
1: Come on, listen. You know better than
0: that. Tiffany's thinking. Fuck's sake. Yeah, guys. We've talked about edges. We've talked oh about God. edges.
1: Talked about edges. We've talked about superstitions. Clearly, the Doctor should listen to our podcast. Saying rab- saying magpie rhymes on the edge of a wormhole was frankly uh, irresponsible of you all. And now there's a lot of magpies. Guys, there's so, many, <laughs> there's so many magpies. Do you know how hard it's going to be to edit out these noises? <laughs> <laughs> like, like a flock of ham sandwiches, it sounds like. <laughs>
0: um, Tiffany's thinking about the reasons for sitting up with the dead and, you know, there's the joke about the people who wake up and out to not be quite dead. The real reason was probably a lot darker. The start and finish of things was always dangerous, lives most of mm. all. And you get this this contrast at the end for mistreason at least the villagers bring greenery. Uh, women yeah. hurried forward with big bunches of yew, holly, and mistletoe—the only green things growing—as this symbol of of newness, of brightness, of life going on. You know, this idea of, uh, yeah. of the evergreen tree becoming the Christmas tree. And um yeah. I'm not going to go into all the history and mythology behind that because uh, we've overrun already. But this idea of bringing something that signifies beginning at the end of a life, and yeah. while it's unsafe for things to not end. You need endings, you need change, you need cycles. Treason does still live on as a story. This is the same Pratchett that mm. gave us uh, No One is Gone Until The Ripples. um yeah. Man's not dead, while his name's still spoken. Uh, Miss Treason worked very hard for them. She deserves to be a myth if that's what she wants. And then you get The Empty Cottage. That was it. Mm. One life ended and neatly tidied away. One cottage clean and empty.
1: And As well as, it's not explicitly stated, but as well as living on as a myth amongst the villagers, uh, she's living on in anagramma and Tiffany. Yeah. She has passed on some of that, some of the chalice for the next lot.
0: So you have this idea of beginnings and endings and change being necessary that this book really embraces Mm -hmm. and to cycle back around to the seasons and this idea of the weatherhouse of the they can never be out at the same time but it talks about the idea of how winter and summer continue on the dance never ended winter never dies mm. not as people die it hangs on in late frost and the smell of autumn in a summer evening and in the heat it flees in flees to the mountains summer never dies it sinks into the ground in the depths of winter buds form in sheltered places and white shoots creep under dead leaves. Some of it flees into the deepest, hottest deserts where there is a summer that never ends. And I think there's something this book does beautifully, which is embraces the idea of needing cycles and needing change and needing beginnings and endings. Even if they're sad, they're mm. necessary because things yeah. cannot be stagnant. But within those endings, within those cycles and within those chains, there is something unchanging and mm. enduring. This is a pretty good fucking book, by the way.
1: It's a good yeah. book.
0: It was a really good book, yeah. Have you got an obscure reference for Neil Francine?
1: I do. Uh, and it kind kinda of, kinda of ties in. Not entirely, but kinda. So we were talking about the cornucopia. Mm-hmm. and someone suggested, nanny probably. Nannyoc, yeah, that it is made of firmament, raw firmament. Mm. And I was like, I know the word firmament. I don't really know what it is. It's like it's you know, it's like sky, isn't it? Stuff. Or, or like roof, yeah, something like that. In 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 biblical cosmology, mm-hmm. which I didn't know was a thing, really, uh, the firmament is the vast solid dome created by God during uh, Genesis. And what it does is it divides. This there's a primal sea. I didn't know about this. No, oh, yeah, the whole, sea. The whole part. Of, do you know this? No. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if they still taught it in Catholic. <laughs> I,
0: I don't remember being taught about the primal sea.
1: I didn't pay a lot of attention in school though that's fair that's fair so the, there's like it divides the primal sea into upper and lower portions so the dry land can appear and the, there's a diagram yeah. that I'll put in the in the show notes, but there's like the pillars of the earth going into Tehom or the great deep, and then you've got the the earth there and then you've got this this dome. A firmament and it's keeping everything dry right yeah um, and all the sun and the stars are stuck in the inside of that yeah okay that yeah that tracks and I guess it's maybe closer to reality on the disc yeah actually it's closer to the disc world in strata yeah anyway, closer to that with the dome yeah. and the, the sticking and the yeah I'm not sure uh, how yeah. you
0: get ham sandwiches out of that but uh, I'll ask God before I find him uh, Rincewind yeah that's a man that knows his way around a sandwich <laughs> Right. Uh, I think that's all we're going to say about part two of Wintersmith. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We could go on a lot longer.
1: I've got some fish fire waiting for me. Yeah, no, we won't go on any longer.
0: Um, (laughs) We'll be back, though. We'll be back next week to talk Mm -hmm. about the final part of Wintersmith, which starts in chapter nine and goes to the end. In the meantime, dear listener, uh, Send us your letters to the Hogfather and any questions you've got for yeah. us for our
1: Hogswatch episode, please. Yeah, we'll read them out. We'll read them out for for, for no. listeners who haven't been with us for the full year. What happens is you send us letters to the Hogfather. Uh, we don't read them out. Sorry, the, the Hogfather um, just occasionally the Hogfather drops in. Maybe we don't know them out. We well, we hope we, we hope. leave we leave out the pork pie. Yeah, and so far it's worked. Yeah, uh, Joanna picks up some fancy chutney from Marks and Spencer's. Fuck off from making um. my chutney. <laughs> Picking up, Chutney. Well, no, no, that's for your Christmas dinner. I mean, the Hogfather, it's fine. <laughs> Waitrose, darling. Anyway, point is, send us some letters. We'll read them out. Uh, someone will read them out and we'll answer questions and talk about... Um, what are we doing this Going year? Going post all the TV adaptation. Going post all the yes. TV adaptation as well. It'll be a fun Christmas special. It, I'll wear something
0: shiny. I might put some lights up in the background. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, you, can, you can join our Discord Uh, Maybe don't send letters there because I'll lose them. Uh, But the link will be down below. We'll make a channel we can make a channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the true shall make you frat on Twitter and blue sky make you frat pod on Facebook at the true shall make you frat. Join our subreddit community, r slash TTSMYF email us your letters to the hog feather um, thoughts, queries, questions, albatrosses, castles, snacks, opinions on mustards, uh, the true shall make you fret pod at gmail.com. If you want to support this bollocks financially, go to patreon.com forward slash the true shall make you frat, where you can exchange your hard earned pennies for all sorts of bonus nonsense. And until next time, dear listener,
1: don't let us detain you.
0: Watercolours! Sorry, I'm I'm Ah. really looking forward to just being horrified (laughs) about watercolours.